Welcome to another edition of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cameron. This week we got alongside me on Zoom, Justin Peake. Justin, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you, Craig? Pretty good. Uh, now I understand you are the uh, video coordinator, right, at, for Auburn women's basketball? Yeah, video coordinator. Yeah, all right. basketball, all modern. Love to be here. Awesome, man. Uh, I want to get uh, information about you. Uh, so uh, what got you interested into basketball? There's a thing. So we go back to my childhood times. Like basketball is always my number one sport. I mean, I wasn't the biggest guy, but I tended to gravitate towards basketball. Like just something about it. So my favorite player actually, Steve Nash. That's why my point guard. That's that was my position, obviously. Like so I kind of gravitated towards Steve Nash as sons. Like him and Amari, like that, oh, yeah. that was CTV at that time. So that kind of got me, kind of got the itch. Then got into, when I came to Auburn, actually, I, I didn't really know that there was practice players involved with women's basketball. So one of my good friends now, Joseph Armour, he was, one of his high school teachers was a practice player at Tennessee for Pat Summer. So we were playing in the, in the rec center here my freshman year a couple of weeks i was just trying to hoop with some guys and then he's like have you ever heard about the women's practice squad so, i have not no yeah i was like i i, I don't know what you're talking about man he's like yeah oh. <laughs> usually the women they uh they got no practice players i was like yeah sign me up for that i love i'd love to like keep that basketball itch and then you know we're what's eight years eight years later sitting up in the office so that's pretty much the trajectory of what basketball has done just in the short term like that. That's awesome though. That's uh I mean funny how life works though. Uh you know you start out like you know just watching games as a kid and all of a sudden you're yeah like you said you're next, you're in an office eight years later. So so I'm guessing uh so you, it sounds like you grew up a uh Auburn basketball fan. Uh do you have a favorite NBA team? You say this uh Steve Nash and the Suns, right? Or well I'll see it. So it's it's changed a little bit now because okay, I got you. Steve Nash He's my favorite player, so I got to go a little bit to the Nets now. So, so you're you're a Nets fan now? Yeah, I mean, I got to roll with my man. So. I got you. I got you. So you're you're a player fan, right? Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's usually yeah. So like my favorite player has been Steve Nash, Kobe, one of my all time. Like I took so much from Kobe, like just not even basketball wise, just life wise. Just he has so much to say, like RIP, like that, like. It is, it's crazy when you experience things like that, like seeing somebody pass so soon. Like you realize all the life lessons you've learned from somebody you've never met. Like, like that's just the thing about basketball. Like you can see somebody on the basketball court, that, that becomes one of your heroes, your idols, however you want to say it. But you, it's really the life lessons, though. like that work ethic, the mom mentality. Oh, yeah. That, that's what I tried to even instill, not even as a player, as a coach as a staff member is like trying to instruct young people uh, like that that's one thing I, I try to pull from players that have been there at the highest level so it's kind of like the Nash a lot of my offensive philosophy comes from that that system a lot of the mentality stuff with Kobe obviously like there's a there's a lot of different players where you can you start to realize you grab from them mm-hmm. 
but you don't really realize you're grabbing from in the moment. Like a lot of those, a lot of those guys you look up to when you're a kid, they, they end up shaping you in the, in your future endeavors. So that's just kind of thing I try to try to get from players like that. Just kind of keep watching. But that, yeah, those are two main guys. And I, like I said, learn learn so much from them too. I couldn't even I couldn't even describe it. And going off that, uh, going to the next question, you said you know you use like I guess Steve Nash uh, growing up to kind of like weren't like you used his kind of game to develop your game. Uh, what was your? It, it was a thing going back to the Auburn thing. So I had some I had some schools come in, try to like talk to me, like get some interest or whatever. But there it it was something about some about Auburn that I just couldn't say no to. So I, I grew up an Auburn fan just to put some backstory on it. My whole family, Auburn, growing up in Alabama, you know, you got to choose Auburn, Alabama for the most yeah. part. Yeah. So I always, I always made the, <clears throat> I always made the promise to my grandpa that I go to Auburn. So it was kind of a, it was just kind of like a family thing, but yeah, I had a, had a good high school career. You know, I didn't obviously, would have wished to do some past high school, but found a lot of benefit being a practice player, like I was saying. So it's it, it was just basically I got my basketball fix, got practice, got all the like with the coaches. Now like I said I, w- I wouldn't trade for anything. Like it's it's crazy getting into women's basketball now. I I honestly wouldn't trade for anything. I love my experience being a practice player with my head coach now coach flow she was my she was her first year of a head coach was my um freshman year so i've known her since i was an 18 year old <laughs> funny wow. enough so we kind of had that 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 dynamic of she see me grow and i kind of got to learn from her from this this long time so know knowing the system and all that stuff but and now, where, where'd you play uh high school basketball for so originally from Dothan, Alabama, okay. played, played for Providence Christian. So we were at the time when I started varsity, we were one A, now they're three A. So they've been they've been growing up. I hit two A, didn't get to the three A, but we're we're so slowly getting up there. Shout out to my Eagles. Awesome man. Uh, so going to your job now, how how did you get the job at, uh, working with Auburn? Yeah, so when I was like I said, when I was a practice player, so the video coordinator that was here my um, my senior year, Allie Bracewell now, since she got married, Alice Smalley when she was playing, she she got pregnant. Um, so she she was her due date was October, so they needed somebody to kind of fill in. So I just kind of stepped up and I was like, yeah, I'll learn how to do all this video stuff. Like you guys need a need somebody to help out. So I ended up filling up the interim role for the non-conference season that year. Then she came back and just kind of helped out and all that stuff. Then from there, I was just kind of sold into the video game. So I just kind of kept like, learning, trying to learn new things. And then, um, yeah, it ended up full circle. It's crazy. Like when I first got into the video space, I was sitting in this office learning how to do video. And it's crazy. I just, a couple years later, I'm back in here being the guy to do it so it's it's a blessing that's awesome man I, I i can't imagine like how crazy that must be for you uh you know just the journey and all that stuff like basically I, I, this must be a dream for you like where you're at right now 
uh, eight yeah, years later. I mean, it, it really is. Like being at Auburn is such a special place. Like being an alumni, being a fan, yeah. it's 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 different when you're when you really have that past experience of being at a school. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like it's it's your school, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, Auburn is my place, so it's 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 very much an honor to be on this staff. It's home for you. It's, it's home. It's home, especially with this head coach. I've known her since. I was a freshman in college. I mean, yeah. we're, it's, it's full circle. It's crazy, but I wouldn't, I would not want to be anywhere else than what I'm doing right now. I'm cher- cherishing every single bit. Gotcha. Uh, what is, what is your best memory or favorite memory working with Auburn women's basketball so far? It's a good question. So I think for me, it's gotta be that first NCAA tournament game we had in Stanford a couple of years ago. So it's, as a as a practice player, our team had gone to the NCAA tournament before. Obviously, we we don't get to travel and all that stuff. Get the get all that experience. But so my first year coming off, so I was a GA at Georgia Tech the year before. So we kind I get the job back here at Auburn, and that first year, great year, great seniors, go twenty two wins, go to the NCAA tournament, playing out in Stanford. Didn't have the best game in the first round, but that experience of being on the bench, it's just kind of like a like being, I don't know, but in your coaching career, it's just kind of one of those milestones you gotta you gotta experience. I it, it's hard to explain. I just seeing that NCAA tournament emblem on the court, you know, you, that's that's what you aspire to. I always I always take it back to that experience. I'm like, I I know what it took to get here. And that's I'm trying to get back there. I'm trying to instill in our players what it takes to get back to that spot. So it, it would have to be that that first round game against BYU. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish we would have got the got the win, but that what that team, what we worked that whole entire year battling with some injuries too. That would, I mean, that's that's what we're trying to rep, replicate. Where are they at? Where's uh, Auburn wins basketball like right now? Like as far as like getting back there. Yeah, so I mean we're we're in a rebuild right now. So we mm-hmm. lost some players last year. A lot of, we had some transfers. <clears throat> so we got ten newcomers to the squad this year. So it's kind of and we had to deal with some COVID issues. So we're our our first three games of SEC play. We losing our best player. So unique Thompson. I mean she's a double double machine. If anybody watching the SEC women's basketball that knew who unique Thompson is, so in our last game she just had sixteen and nineteen against number 19 Arkansas on the road so it's that was a lot to have to have to fill in those first three games so it kind of caused some bruises there but we got a lot of newcomers and you get our system worse we've been there it's it's just getting getting those people in the system getting them used to it and uh yeah it's just all about that we're just trying to get people used to it I mean we we've barely practiced with our full team this this whole year we've had a couple of kids go down you got the reacclimation period with covid and stuff like that so it, it's kind of been difficult but uh the future is definitely bright we got a lot of young kids a lot of kids that are hungry to succeed we're just uh and and in that note i mean the sec is kind of tough this year there's a lot of teams where you go down the list you got four seniors in the starting lineup pretty much every single week 
So it, it's a little bit tough. They've got that experience, which we're trying to get right now. So, well, I mean, we'll get there. It's, we're taking our knocks right now, but we'll, we'll be back strong. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the whole COVID thing, I think it's just really tough right now because, you know, like you said, some teams like yourself, Auburn, uh, is dealing with, you know, it worse than others. Some teams have been fortunate enough to not have really an issue this year. And uh, I really just think it, it like differs from team to team. Uh, it really just depends on who you are and how lucky you are and I guess what part of the country you're in to where it, it affects you. Yeah, it is true because you, you got you got your institutional guidelines, you have your state guidelines. Yeah. So it, it's just kind of like – like in our in our uh, situation, Bandy women's basketball canceled their season. They had a lot of COVID issues, had a lot of kids coming off of injuries, couldn't get back. Like it's ravaged their program. And I saw a lot of people, social media, talking about them. Like, but it's – you you don't know what people are going through behind the scenes. That's yeah. that is what I got to put out there because there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Even even these teams that are winning, you got you got a lot of extra stuff that you usually don't have to deal with that you're having to deal with with these COVID related issues. So it's 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 different for from a coaching perspective because you you just don't know who you got week in and week out, and it's it's a little tough to repair. But I mean, we're we're trying our best and we're. We're making no excuses, but we're uh, just trying to get those wins, man. Yeah, it, it is a season like no other with uh, with COVID and everything. Uh, I guess my next question would be, uh, I think I talked about this the other day uh, going in the interview, the uh, favorite project, or I guess you, you do like, I guess, highlights. What's the favorite highlight you put together? Yeah, so for the, the main thing for me is, <clears throat> so I do a lot of the, you know, the scouting, the mm -hmm. film cut up and all that stuff, like getting our team ready to play. But I, I think one thing that I can do for these players, like usually the players that graduate, so they usually want to highlight tape for like trying to go pro and all that stuff. And I, <clears throat> I really take pride in that to get put their best foot forward and like getting those, getting the right film out to potential teams just to really understand what type of player you're going to get. So I think, I mean, I've done that everywhere I've been. Like every, every senior that comes out of here, they, they take a stop by my office. <laughs> they want to get a good highlight tape to send to the pros. So, I mean, that that's what we're here to do. We're here to, you know, get these kids ready to go. And then once they come out of here, hopefully they uh, take their talents elsewhere and make a good career out of it. Have y'all had a, uh, any players go pro while you've been there? Yeah, so we we've had a we've had a few <clears throat> going back uh, at least. I mean, since I've been a part of the program, so we've had Janai McKay, mm -hmm. great great player. Probably didn't have the quite the opportunity that she wanted. We had uh, Katie Ferking, one good player years ago, went to Sweden. Um, had a good little career to get picked up a couple of injuries. Um, and we had a lot of, a lot of people have tried gone like the one year route, just kind of feel the waters. Then sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Brandy Montgomery, very good story. She's been playing. I think she's in Luxembourg right now. She's made a couple stops. Uh, Deja Alexander, another one. These are kids that all NCAA tournament kids, great kids. Um, 
yeah, the, it's, it's, it's hard to get that foothold in the pro career and kind of keep it going because you always got people coming in behind you. But yeah, we just, we're, we try to produce the best we can over here. That's great. Uh, and uh, you, you discussed with me that uh, you had something to say about the connection between soccer and basketball. You want to get into that a little bit? Yeah, this this is a thing very very passionate about this one because I'm, it, very, I'm very interested to hear about it. Too, it like it, it's a thing <laughs> people don't really understand the similarities, and it's like so really for soccer. Like so, my bro, little brother is a soccer guy his whole entire life. Kind of got me into it later. I played my last two years of high school in soccer, <clears throat> but I mean, if you really look down into the nitty gritty of it. Like, you know, in basketball, it's all about the triangle. So you got your post, you got mm-hmm. your corner, you got your wing. You're you're pretty much working off of triangles, like, quote, unquote, the whole entire game. So it's kind of the same in soccer sense where, I mean, really, if you break it down to gameplay, it's, it's literally triangles all over the place. So it's just wherever the ball moves, midfield, it's in, even if it's in the back line, you're always working in triangles. So it's it kind of works the same way in basketball where you're working off back cuts, you're working off ball movement, working off, you know, having the ball, you feet and hands, a little different, but kind of the same approach. But especially too, like we're a pressing team, so I, I kind of take a lot of um, inspiration from – I, I, I watch a lot of soccer as a fan. Mm-hmm. I also try to watch a little bit of it as a tactical standpoint. So one of my favorite teams to watch, I, I hate to say it's my little brother's favorite team, Liverpool. Great. <laughs> not not my favorite team, but I love to watch the way they play. They do a high press. But we're a pressing team. So if you take it man for man, so they're in a – if you go by like – position they're in a 4-4-2 so if you take that to basketball you take out a couple people it really ends up looking like a 1-2-2 which is what our press is so you got your three high and you got your man in the middle which is like our one press like what we're very very good at our staple it's all about containment making the ball go backwards and you can you can really if you really look at it you can take a lot from it. That's it. That's one thing I tried to I try to look at. Like more on the defensive end, not so much the offensive end because it's kind of a little bit different. But um, yeah, defensively, footwork wise, making like making runs too. Like it, it it's kind of crazy. Like if people actually took the time to make that connection, they they'd be a little surprised at how much it kind of kind of correlates. I would I would definitely say if if I had a kid in high school basketball player, it might not be so good at soccer, but the footwork wise, that's gonna help you immensely when it comes to the basketball court. It's night and day, up and down on the field. It's it you gotta you gotta be in shape. You gotta be technically sound, and it's it, it makes a difference. I can see that we're like you know as far as it goes, like moving the ball and passing and I guess, I guess vision wise, it would help a player tremendously. Yeah. Just saying as personal experience. So I played, when I played soccer, I was defense. So it was, 
you you get the <clears throat> you get the when it comes down you get the cutters like just taken to a basketball sense you got cutters you got people going kind of like some flares you got you got all kinds of things that you can take you can take a, a very direct approach to it if you really want to as it it's it's really similar in the in the sense of like I'm trying the best way to it, it's kind of hard to explain it now that well, I, I, I understood it like yeah it's like, now, never... that, now that i'm kind of like trying to talk about it, it's more of like you just gotta kind of see it but um i yeah. never i never looked at it that way though for real uh, it's definitely footwork is a big thing especially on defense like defensive wise footwork angles like it, it makes a whole lot of difference it's very translatable um even on the offensive end, like what I was doing, working the triangles, because even whatever offense you run in the half court and basketball, you're going to have some type of, you're going to end up in some type of triangle situation. Even not so much like fixed triangle, kind of loosely triangle. And it's kind of the same way. You just got to work off of people. And it, it just gives you that extra ability to kind of like see passes I think I'd, that might be the point guard in me talking a little bit, but yeah, yeah you definitely kind of see passes just kind of like fill out those open spaces, which it helps us, especially if you're going against a zone or something like that. You can, you can definitely take those correlations. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, you're a big Steve Nash fan, and I guess you like the Brooklyn Nets now. Uh, speaking of the Nets, though, since the James Harden trash, I saw this this morning, the Brooklyn Nets are uh, – they have the best offensive rating in league history right now at 122.6. And their defensive rating is 119.9, which would be the worst in NBA history. So you get the best offensive rating in NBA history and the worst defensive rating in NBA history with the trio of Kevin Garnett, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that trio and that team right now with Steve Nash as the head coach? Yeah, first – I mean, I'm just going to start out with Durant. Like, there's – like, he's he's the guy when it comes to that situation. Like, they, they all know that it is what it is. Like, <clears throat> he's going to be the – he's going to be the main man. I think, too, it's been a little bit interesting watching them where Harden's kind of taken over the point guard role a little bit, let Kyrie kind of float and do his two-guard role, which I, th- I think kind of suits them a little bit if they're going to run that type of system because – yeah, if you get the buy-in from Harden to get – I mean, he was shelling out uh, triple-doubles like his first two games or something. Yeah. Like, if it, you got James Harden giving out triple-doubles, I mean, it's just going to come down to defense. But like, like I said, with that type of team, you're not going to harp on defense. Like, obviously, it's going to be a point of contention. It's going to be something you work on. But that, that's where I think – like you got DeAndre Jordan, who's gonna have to be kind of like a rim protector there, but they they know what they signed up for. It's, yeah. it's kind of like a little bit like the Houston Rockets. You're just gonna try to outscore people, and I mean if it works, it works. But it's it's gonna be tough when you come against the Lakers in the Western Conference if it comes down to that. Yeah, I mean, like, do you think there's anything they can do, like scheme wise, or anything to turn things around defensively? Or I think the the new addition of Shumpert is going to help out a lot because that's a defensive guard you got back in there. And Joe Harris, love him, got him on my fancy team. Uh, great three point shooter. Yeah, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, it's definitely lacking on the defensive end, but yeah, Steve knows that. It, I mean, it's the it's the Houston Rockets two point You got Dan Tony, you got Steve Nash. Like it, you can't expect too much from the defensive end. Like I know I'm a defensive guy, so it's it's a little bit tough for me to <laughs> tough to me to watch sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just got to go with that offense and just hope that firepower is enough. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know if you saw that uh, the game the other night with the Wizards and the Nets with uh, Bradley Beal coming on the court hitting the shot. I mean, yeah. just eight eight points in a matter of ten seconds to lose the game. I mean, it's just it's just crushing. But I mean, at the same time, you you allowed one hundred and forty nine points to the Wizards. It's, I mean, it's definitely not good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know that that whole staff's not going to look at one hundred forty nine points and be like, "This is feasible." Obviously not. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, you can – I mean, you got the people in there now. You get that down to – I mean, even if you get that to 110, you're going to win a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? So, it's the nature of the beast, man. I, you you sell yourself to Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. Yeah, there's not much defense there. Yeah. And the game, the game is evolving. I will say that yeah. with uh, the way points per game are scored – uh, we've, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe they're averaging 119 points per game right now. Um, and we've seen that the last couple of years with them. And uh, it's it's not the time of uh, – well, it's not the era of basketball anymore where we're having, like, you know, games ending in the 90s or the 80s or even, like, just the low 100s. It's usually around like, 120 to 117 or stuff like that. Uh, games like are usually, like, ending in high-scoring games like that. I mean, we've seen the Nets. The Nets have scored, I think, 140 points, like, three times in the last week or so. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see though. I just, my thing right now, I know it's early in the season. Uh, these, the trio has only played like about, I think eight games together, or 10 games together. But as of right now, it's going to be very tough to see the Nets beat a team like the Bucks, uh, the Celtics, the Sixers, like even like the Heat in the playoffs in a seven game series with like, you know, those teams having like, you know, Giannis, Embiid, Ben Simmons, uh, just these defensive minded guys who can, get stops and also score on their end. Yeah. The only thing I have to say to that is, you know, when it comes down to playoff time, it gets a little, it gets a little different. Yeah. Uh, I would expect these points per game numbers to go a little bit down. You got, you got guys buying in, try to play a little defense. Like, it, it's the thing. Durant's been there. Kyrie's been there. Harden hasn't been there. So, you know, he's got the, he's got the hunger to get that ring and he knows it's, it's now or bust. They, they've made the, they've, they put the capital in, so it, it, it's pressure on them. So I, I do think now. Obviously, like you said, Sixers have they're having a good little run right now. Celtics, obviously, great team. Had a good game with the Lakers the other night. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's gonna be fun playoffs, man. <laughs> it's I'm looking forward to it because any, anytime you put those three together, it, it's gonna be interesting. I, I like to see a little bit more parity in the East. I think that, I think that's a good thing this year. You yeah. kind of got that. You kind of got that extra level of competition in the East. It kind of takes a little bit of the shine from the West. I mean, West, great, great conference. Hey, everybody, you can't argue with that. But it's good a little bit to have some more um, competition in the East. I think I think that's good for the league. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, uh, you're saying like competition wise. Uh, the past decade has been all LeBron in the East, and he went to the West, and now it feels like it's the opposite. Like we always had the West like competing 
And obviously, like, the Warriors came along and put together their five straight conference championships. Uh, then you had LeBron win, uh, I believe, what was it, eight straight finals runs with the uh, Heat and Cavs. Uh, now it's getting to the point where it's, it's looking like the Lakers are going to make the finals again with the team they have and the way they're rolling right now. Uh, probably the Jazz, uh, Nuggets, and Clippers only teams that could probably compete with them right now, it looks like. Uh, but like you said, the East is very competitive right now because obviously the Nets are the favorite with their trio of KD, Kyrie, and Harden. But at the same time, the Bucks, the Sixers, uh, the Celtics are looking like they, they could also upset them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say because I mean those they got they got good teams. Yeah, it's not saying they're not they're not like scrubs or anything. Like those those are very good teams right there. So it's definitely going to be a hard fight. But I have to give a little shout out to one of our former strength coaches here with Auburn Women's Basketball, Klaus Sosen. He's the with the Denver Nuggets right now. So oh wow, yeah, I got to give him a shout out. I'm definitely a big Nuggets fan. So we're we're hoping for some good things in the West. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I also think it all comes down to matchups as well in the playoffs, just uh, with the way the playoff field was set up. Uh, if you're going to have, you know, maybe a series between Milwaukee and Brooklyn, it could go a whole different way than a series with Brooklyn and Philadelphia could go. That's the thing. When you get down to the series, that's where it gets a little a little different. Because, it, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to win a series against a team when you got – that type of firepower, like, yeah, you can get some games, but, I mean, it's it's going to come down to, I mean, really, you got to make plays. Like, you get down to playoff basketball, that's a, that's a different that's a different situation. So, yeah, it, you definitely got to come to play. Well, switching back over to college basketball, though, uh, you are a big Auburn basketball fan. Do uh, you want to talk about uh, just the culture that Bruce Pearl has – brought to Auburn basketball and what he is basically, he's basically brought Auburn basketball back up from the ground since he came there. For, uh, was it 2016, I believe, or? That was, yeah, I think it was 14. 14. Some, somewhere around there. But yeah, uh, it, mid, mid 2010s. Yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So it was, so like when I was, uh, so it was like my first couple of years in college, it was the end of the Tony Barbieri. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was. I mean, it was it was pretty low. <laughs> I like no offense to him, but it it was not where it needed to be. So we kind of got that new fresh, like that new fresh life with Bruce. You know, it, it took us a couple of years to get there. Obviously, a new coach coming in, you got to have your you got to have your players start getting your system in and all that stuff. But I mean, what he's done for Auburn basketball as a brand, as a team. I mean, that Final Four run was. I mean, it's something we might never see ever. Like it, it was a crazy run. I mean, that team was just perfect, like top to bottom. The chemistry was unreal. I mean, starters to bench players to like. It was crazy, but people don't understand. They worked up to that way. That that was their third year. Yeah. A lot of those kids have been in the system for three years. Like that, that's what they were working towards. And it, it didn't come overnight. Those players, Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, not highly recruited. But they worked. And I can tell you for a fact, I watched them in here in the in the gym late hours at night, working, shooting. Like they they put in the time. And it, it's no surprise that they got where they where they ended up at. 
that team that team was special and, it, and it's what you want as a as a coach you want that chemistry as a team where it, it's not so much of yeah you got star players you got people that are going to the league so and so but that that team dynamic is very like i mean look at look at what um North Carolina and Duke and all of them are doing this year. They got all the the talent in the world, but that talent's got a mesh. Yeah. You can I, have some, you got some people that are not as good, great team. You can you can make waves. So it is definitely underrated. And that team works and they it it definitely paid off. I think the biggest uh I mean, I uh don't like watch as much ACC basketball as ACC. Uh I do know like with Kentucky though. You know, they had, I think, one guy come back from last year's team. They brought in a bunch of recruits, a bunch of transfers, and they're sitting at five and ten right now. And they're just not clicking all chemistry-wise. Uh, they can't figure anything out what to do. Uh, John Kyle Perry, people are calling for us, had to be fired. Uh, it's just it's just crazy right now. So, But then you also have a team like Alabama, uh, you know, with Nate Oates. He's brought them back up. Uh, you have a bunch of seniors on that team, uh, a bunch of young guys. The chemistry's rolling, though. Uh, it's it's all about chemistry though with college basketball, even NBA do it too. But uh, I, I do think like obviously we've had a couple of great teams in the uh, 2010s with you know Kentucky in 2012, Duke in 2015, uh, with having a miracle run with uh, a younger class like with sophomores and freshmen. But I think it's the teams like you know the Villanova teams, the uh, the North Carolina team in 2017, uh, even Auburn's team in 2018. Virginia in 2018, uh, well, it was 2019, yeah. Those teams, it's the senior classes and the upperclassmen who have played together for about three years or four years who just really understand each other and have worked together for the last couple of years. I think that's what college basketball like and winning come together. Uh, it's all about, I mean, it, yeah, it, you, you I, see it. I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's crazy you say that. Like, that's, that's what we're kind of dealing with now. Like, our men's and women's team both. We're young teams. Yeah. And people want to be like, oh, yeah, you had – you guys had that success. Why is it not translating right now? But it's like, yeah, sometimes it you got to build this – you got to build the squad and get it where it needs to be. Sometimes it's not so immediate. <clears throat> and that's what sometimes the fans don't kind of realize. But it's – it pays off. Yeah, you just got to – sometimes you just got to wait a little bit and let these kids develop and get them to the right place where they want to be. As I said, that Villanova team, they, they just recycle players left and right. They're just, they, but they're graduating people. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. the, they're not bringing in freshmen every single year, like the Dukes and the Kentuckys and people like that. It, it'll work for you every once in a while. Like with, I mean, you obviously, you can see that. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Coach Cal's always had a good team. This year's an outlier, but. Sometimes it just doesn't mesh, and that's that's the risk you got to take with it, bringing a new crop of players. Coach K is real, realizing that this year. So, you know, it, like I said, the team dynamic is is very underrated. I think people start getting focused on the star power, the top recruits coming in, stuff like that, but you, they still have to mesh. So that, yeah. that's the thing. That's, that's our job as coaches. We got to get that to go to get that synergy going. But um, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it takes a second. You don't read those wars till two, three years down the road. So that's, it. that's just the game we're playing. Yeah, and also, like, you know, with seniors and juniors, experience comes a long way where 
goes a long way with winning in March too. Uh, with having freshmen and sophomore lead your team in March, it can be tricky and risky, if you ask me. Uh, with you know going into the tournament, you're more likely to get upset if you're have a younger team that really doesn't understand what March is about and how like it, like how any team can win on any given weekend in March. Yeah, it definitely plays a difference because you got you got teams that <clears throat> you have that experience of people that have been to the tournament, been yeah. to that level. Then you got kids that haven't been there, don't know what that means. It, you got to take that up a notch. Some some kids don't they think they know, but they don't know because they've never been there. So it, it's just kind of that you got to play that game of trying to get them mentally prepared, but helps when you have senior leadership you got upperclassmen junior seniors that have been there done that they can kind of keep that locker room right and get the kids ready to play and so you don't just have to rely on your coaches to try to give that energy because sometimes it just it just takes the upperclassmen inside that locker room to uh get those kids motivated that a coach can't do it's just your peers can get a little bit more out of you sometimes so that's a that's a thing that I'm telling you, it, it pays dividends. All these coaches with rings, they'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. Now, I know Auburn obviously has Shreve Cooper on campus now, a big-time recruit. What was it meant to the Auburn family and just having him on campus this year uh, and just around the locker rooms and in the arena? Uh, what has that brought to Auburn basketball? Yeah, I think it, it set the, the standard. So yeah. you had Isaac, who was – not as heavily recruited as he should have been in terms of ranking wise. I mean, great player. You saw what he did. Goes top five in the league. Um, high school teammate Sharif. Um, but it, it that commit as a just going back as an Auburn fan, it, it really sets the tone for the what Bruce has got our program up to. So that's that's the standard we're shooting for. And then you got Jabari Smith, number four, coming in next year. I mean, that Sharif set the bar, and then the bar gets raised. But it doesn't get raised if we don't make that first initial get. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I mean, you've seen what he's done so far. Great player, very, very good, instinctual passer. Knows the game. You can tell. Like great kid too. Gets his shots every time I leave work. He's in there getting shots. So. I can tell you firsthand, he, he's definitely putting in the work. So, um, But, yeah, it's, it's set the tone as a program to go out and get those type of players, which Auburn has never been in play for those type of guys. So you get you get the Sharifs, the <clears throat> the Isaacs, the Chumo Kiki. I mean, people already forgot about him because he got hurt, hasn't been playing so much with Magic, kind of getting going this year, but great player. I, the the talent that he's brought in so far in the last, I mean, it's five years, I, it's, it's been game-changing. It's, it's kind of getting us back to where we used to be, back with Charles Barkley's, like, so long ago. It <laughs> seems like ages ago Talk about Charles Barkley. but Yeah. yeah they, they definitely set the tone, and it's only going to go up from here because that team that they got now, they're only going to get better. Fred, they're loaded with sophomores, freshmen. They're bringing in two more very good guys next year. So uh, the sky's the limit for them. 
Yeah, and I remember that uh, when Shimoki got drafted. I think it was at number sixteen or eighteen. Like it was like about mid. Uh, it said a lot to me that you know Orlando believed in him and took the the I guess risk of drafting him with the torn ACL injury. Hey, coming uh, come that injury, that was I mean that was nobody expected that, but that that just shows you how good he was. Yeah, rated at coming out of the draft. Like, I mean, one of, in my opinion, one of the best players that's come through here. Like he he's got all the tools, great size, great athletic ability. Like that, I did set the tone. Yeah, I feel like yeah, he's me. I feel like that's one of the positions that the the Magic needed too, and I think he'll pan out. Uh, obviously, I think I think he did get injured again this year, a little slight setback. But uh, I did watch him. I believe the first game of the year against the Heat, uh, he was playing good. Uh, it was good to see him back on the court though after the injury. Yeah, it's, it's just once he gets healthy, like he, yeah, I mean he he's a strong kid mentally. He he'll be all right. It's just getting him back on the floor, you know, getting him that used to that NBA life. Cause it's it's a little bit different when you get to the big time. So, but I, I think he'll pan out. I I still think great pick by them. I think like I said, great kid. I might be a little biased because I've been around him a little bit, but um, I I think there's nothing but the best for him coming up. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate the time uh, time you took talking to me uh, and doing the interview. It uh, meant a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, talking about Auburn basketball, just giving all your thoughts and just your thoughts on the game and everything uh, with uh, soccer and basketball connection. Uh, it was really cool to hear. Sure, man. All right, man. Yeah, Thank you. Great time. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get together again soon. But, um, yeah, great talking to you and uh, War Eagle. Roll Tide. <laughs> uh, don't, don't end me on that one, man. <laughs> All right, until next time. All right, man. Let's see.